Good evening. I guess it's appropriate that I'm reading Psalms chapter 71, especially verse 18. If you would turn with me to Psalms 71, verses 17 and 18. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Growing older isn't for sissies. This is exactly the way I began a lesson about one month ago. But a COVID quarantine, a mom's serious eye surgery, and a gospel meeting, man, a month has passed. I mentioned that I was preaching on aging to the glory of God, and one of the members here, whose name I will not mention, but his initials are K.I., said, Mike, it's okay. None of us will remember what you preached last month who were older anyway. So I'm on safe ground to deal with aging to the glory of God. Again, tonight, it's a part two lesson. Psalm 71 could be given this title. A long walk with God. A lifelong walk with God. And really what the psalm is dealing with are the sorrows and losses of youth, the joys of aging, and the responsibilities involved in aging. It is a psalm well worth thinking about. While we have a great many young families and kids here at Westside, I'd be less than honest if I didn't say we have our fair share of people that are retirement age and older And here at Westside, we have five or six members that are past the age of 90. Think about that. Growing older is not for sissies. Growing older to the glory of God is easier said than done. As we begin the study tonight, and especially tonight, I want to focus on the joys and the responsibilities of growing older to God's glory. The joys and the responsibilities. But when last time we studied about this, a lot of people were asking, how can I go about doing this? Well, the best way to grow older to the glory of God is to begin early walking with God. The best way to grow older to the glory of God is to begin early walking with God and to do so in a rich way, in a faithful way. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. 
Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1. When you think about it, it is eternal life to know God and the one that He has sent, Jesus. John 17 and verse 3. And so we need to instill in young hearts and minds, in precious souls, wherever they are at life, begin now. And begin with great passion and zeal and don't lose it no matter what. Secondly, so we ask God to help us to begin young or to begin right now and to not lose our passion for Him no matter what. But secondly, help me to express the glory and goodness of God as I age. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody pray that publicly. Help those of us who are aging to beautifully express the goodness and glory of God as we age. You reckon that's unscriptural? Of course not. Another way of being very practical in addressing the subject of aging. Help me to age in such a way that my true treasure is obvious and it's not this world. Help me to age in such a way that my true treasure is obvious and it is not this world. Set your affections on things above where Christ is. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Helps in growing old gracefully and growing older to the glory of God. Here's one that I mentioned a month ago, but I'm going to mention it again just in case a couple of people may have forgotten. Help me. Help me to be wholly devoted to giving whatever eyesight, hearing, mind, and resources and encouragement I have so that people can draw closer to God and get home. Help me as I age to use whatever eyesight, whatever hearing, whatever mind, whatever ability to walk and get around that I have, whatever resources I have, help me to use these resources as fully as I can to lift up Jesus and help people get home to God. Not every Christian grows older gracefully. And every Christian who grows older faces challenges and temptations. If you walk outside this building, you will see rose bushes and flowers and trees planted in memory of precious people, many of whom were very faithful here at Westside in serving the Lord for years and years and years. We need to encourage this generation 
and the generations that follow similarly. To be faithful over the long haul. We also sing, earth holds no treasures but perish with using, however precious they be. Yet there's a country to which I am going. Heaven holds what? To me. To me. All to me. And so let's look at the joys and responsibilities of growing older to the glory of God. Let's consider, first of all, the joys. You know, we can talk about the losses and sorrows, and I mentioned five of those in January. I'm going to mention five joys of growing older, and then I'm going to mention five special responsibilities of growing older, too. Very practical lesson for people of all ages. First of all, the joy of wisdom. The joy of growing wiser over the years. In Job chapter 12 and verse 12, the Word of God says, Wisdom is with the aged and understanding in length of days. Wisdom is with the aged and understanding in length of days. For those of us that have been growing older, we'd like to think we've learned something by experience. And there is a joy when that experience has to do with experiencing God. The fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom, and a knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 1, verse 7, Proverbs 9, and verse 10. The joy of experiencing wisdom as we've gone through life. We've developed holy horse sense, one might say. Secondly, a joy of growing older is the joy of godliness. Draw near to the Lord, and He will draw near to you. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It is wonderful to be around people who have had a long walk with God because we see their wisdom and godliness. Cherie's grandfather was one of the finest Christian men I have known. There was a sweetness and a gentleness about him. And I recall him praying well into his 90s, the last public prayer I think I ever heard him pray. All he said was, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Hard to beat that prayer. It's right out of Scripture. It's the voice of wisdom and it's the voice of godliness. I wonder if people have that kind of memory of you and of me as they grow older and see us aging too. Third, 
You have not only the joy of wisdom and the joy of godliness as a person has exercised and disciplined themselves to greater godliness. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. I think of Diane Powell's uh, father-in-law, Harold Harris, who was a member here for, every, uh, for, for, for a long, long time. And every time he got up to lead uh, a public prayer, you just knew it was going to be a sweet prayer from somebody that had learned to talk with God. It was always a highlight of our assembly, I thought. Godliness. Well, here's a third joy. Respect. Open your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 32. Now I realize that there are other cultures that are far better than the United States and the West in giving honor and respect to older people and especially respecting senior saints. But Leviticus 19 and verse 32 talks about you shall stand and honor the older man. I wonder if older people in the church feel honored and respected by all in the church. We need to appreciate their lives and their experiences and value their precious souls. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17 says, Let elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. I know what that passage means contextually. It has something to do with supporting elders financially and in other ways who really have been active in devoting themselves to shepherding God's people. However, I also think it's just as applicable for people who are senior saints who have walked a lifelong walk with the Lord. They should be counted worthy of double honor. Now, I've done a lot of weddings. I like weddings. I love weddings. But I always smile when the time of the vows come. For better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, and so long as we both shall live. And I'm going to say it bluntly. They have no clue exactly all they're saying. Amen, church? They're precious. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful scene. But the scene doesn't even begin to compare to a couple that have been married 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 years because they know what for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and so long as we both shall live, mean. There's a joy there. There's a joy of wisdom and godliness. There's a joy that should be respected for the accomplishment. The joy of reaping. The joy of reaping. Those that sow 
to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life. Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. Don't you just know Lynn and Carol Mayfield are really happy to see their grandkids? They have made it through their kids and now they're happy to see grands. The joy of reaping. Because you can send them home, Lynn and Carol. The joy of reaping. The years and the experiences together in a family. A children's children are a crown to the aged. Proverbs 17 and verse 6. I love this one. A fifth joy that growing older to the glory of God involves is this. The joy of mortality. The joy of mortality. We pray often for the sick. I'm not suggesting we do otherwise. But I am suggesting that we don't get out of this world alive. And maybe it's time that we pray more that people know the joy of what it means when Paul said to depart and be with Christ is very far better. It's gain. Philippians 1, 21 through 23. I believe an awful lot of those Christians that we have honored with a flower, a rose bush, or a plant, that's really what they believed. They were ready to go home. And we are wise when we train every generation to cherish life but not to act as if we have to live here at all cost. No, we need to be preparing for heaven and for eternity at all cost. Amen. All right. Five responsibilities. Are you with me? Five responsibilities. Great responsibilities, just like these are great joys. I think that God gives people who age as Christians a lot of special joys. And I've kind of elaborated on some of them. But let's look at some of the great responsibilities those who age and become older need to be more aware of. Responsibility number one, the responsibility of maturity. Just like young people don't act their age sometimes, they act younger than they are, there are older people that need to occasionally be reminded, act your age. Now, I'm not talking about being childlike. I'm talking about being childish. It is no more appropriate. In fact, it's less so, I think, for an older gentleman or lady to act immature spiritually than it is a young person. I expect young people to act spiritually immature. 
Hebrews 5 verses 11 through 14 ought to ring in the ears of all of us as we age. For when by reason of time you ought to be teachers, you have become dull of hearing. You become dull of hearing. The responsibility of maturity. Turn to the book of James quickly. Because what James deals with in five chapters is how people are to behave in a mature fashion as God's people and no one should embody that more than people who've had a lifelong walk with God. Now we have our moments and our struggles and our imperfections. Don't misunderstand me. But that is not an excuse for some people who get older who must have drinking from the most bitter water ever drunk because they are bitter and they lack grace and they always have got to say something about someone or something, especially the church. I don't believe that should be given a free pass even though we want to be respectful of those who are older. Notice the book of James. In James chapter 1, a mature Christian is patient. Patient in times of trial. Immature Christians are what? Impatient. James chapter 2. A mature Christian practices the truth consistently no matter what. There's that lifelong walk with God even though there have been some stumbles and some staggering along life's way. They have practiced the truth. Immature Christians run hot and cold. They run hot for a while, then they run cold for a while. James chapter 3. Catch it now. Mature Christians exercise power over their tongues. No one is spiritually mature who cannot control their speech or will not. Older people like younger people need to be remembering this. You have the right to remain silent. What you say can and will be held against you in the highest court of law. For every idle word we will give an account. By our words will be justified, by our words will be condemned. Matthew 12, 34 through 37. Look at James chapter 4. A mature Christian is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. An immature person, you think about it. Think about your kids, those of you that are still young. Think about your kids, and when they were young, those of you that were older, have two kids in the back seat. It is amazing how many things they can find to fight over in a 500-mile trip. True? And then if you've got three or four, or like the Mayfields and the Marshalls, it's hard to keep your ducks from quacking. And you from going quackers. But anyway, James 5. James 5, prayerful in trouble. A mature Christian is prayerful in trouble. 
not whining and crying, but prayerful in trouble. That applies to every Christian, but it should have a special area of application for those that have walked with God as Christians for a long time. Number two, another area of responsibility, not just the responsibility of maturity, the responsibility of involvement. One does not retire from the work of God. There is no such thing as retirement there. You can retire from your job. A number of you have. Wonderful. Many others are looking forward to that. That's great. But there is no retirement from work in the Lord's church until we breathe our last breath. Now, our role and involvement may change somewhat, but we still should be involved and faithful in the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many of those who are older have some time that others may not. Many of those who are older may have resources financially and with other types of resources, being able to help people get from place to the, uh, one place to the next as far as doctor's visits. There are many ministries that are available, especially for senior saints. Don't wonder what you're good for. John was likely in his 90s when he penned the Revelation. Abraham lived to be 175, old in any stretch. And yet he is known as the friend of God. He's known for being God's friend. Will you be known for that too? Simeon could go and be with Jesus, go and be with God when he had seen the little Jesus. Think about that, Adam. That's what he had been waiting for, and he was so excited. Now I have seen him. I am ready to go. The responsibility of maturity and the responsibility of involvement. Next, the responsibility of example Older Christians who have had a long walk with God. Some people come up to me and they say, I've been a Christian for 20 years, for 30 years, for 40 years, or 50 years or more, and it's simply not true. They've just repeated the first year 50 times. What a waste. My stepfather was an out-of-duty Christian for 40 years, and he never heard me preach publicly. And while I know that he made his life right with God before he passed from this life, I am sad because I think about the blessing he could have been to others. 40 years wasted. The blessing of example... Titus 2, 3 through 5 is in the Bible. And we need to thank God, especially for older sisters 
who are masters at encouraging younger women in the church. I know younger ladies rely a lot on each other and talking with one another, and there's a place for that. But I wonder how many tremendous resources are available in churches of women who have brought up their families and they have good kids and they've stuck with their husbands through thick and thin and they have so much to offer by way of wisdom and solid counsel and encouragement to young ladies. We need to do everything that we can to practically encourage our ladies who are younger and our younger men to rely on those that have a lifelong walk with God to help in the difficult times of marriage and parenting and life. In most churches, those resources, for whatever reason, do not come together the way that they should. I suspect younger ladies and younger men, if you will take initiative and go to an older lady in the church or an older gentleman and say, will you please pray for me? I need some more help and some more encouragement. That would not only bless you, it would bless the older Christian that you talked with too. A lot of times we don't hear about things until it's almost too late. I know Terry and Lynn have been greatly saddened on more than one occasion, and I have as your preacher, and I know Adam has, in the years that he's been with us. We hear about things that seems like too late. A grassroots effort to have the kind of relationships we need to in view of Titus chapter 2 will really help the church. Growing older has the responsibility of being an example. And the next one, number four, is closely related. We must be responsible in mentoring. Mentoring. Few things are more important to me as a gospel preacher at this point in my life than mentoring. We need more local preachers, don't we? We don't just need local preachers, we need good local preachers. And the best thing that a preacher can do who is older is to keep preaching locally, but also to do everything that he can to encourage others to be good local preachers and teachers. Some will do it part-time, Some will decide to do it full-time. Mentoring. What I am saying is, as we grow older and we are aware that we have 
less time left than ever. We want to pass the baton on faithfully. And so we make an investment. We care about everybody. I encourage you who are older, care about everybody. But there's not going to be a way for you to make a special investment of yourself in every person. You can invest in people, Kyle, but you can't make a special investment. The Lord really related to everybody, but He related especially to 12, didn't He? And He related especially, especially to three of those 12. Have an inner circle when you are older of younger people that you can mentor. And here's what I mean by mentoring. Mentoring, Brother Bill, is trying to help Someone that you've taken a special interest in. Especially for the kingdom's sake. And you understand because you're a little farther along climbing the mountain. You understand something about a rough patch. As you kind of dealt with your own health issues and things like that. That's just an an example. You understand that there's going to be rough patches in life. And you mentor others through rough patches. I'm so thankful for the people I've had in my life that mentored me. And they talked about rough patches. Because we all will face them. Isn't that the truth? And it helps to know that somebody that's just a little farther down the road has experienced similar patches in their life. Another responsibility. I appreciate you listening and you've listened well. We have the responsibility of watchfulness. As we grow older... We must not lose sight of the prize. We must think about the tragedy of stopping too soon. We must think about the possibility of failing to obtain the grace of God. Hebrews 12 and verse 15. We must give the more diligence to make our calling and election sure. 2 Peter 1.10 We must, in thinking about watchfulness, watch ourselves. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. When Solomon was old, when Solomon was old, his many wives led him away from God. You don't see Solomon in Hebrews 11. I'm just saying. Could he be forgiven even as an older man? Yes. But I wonder how many people have had a lifelong walk with God only to implode spiritually at the end.
I think, one of the sweetest pictures that one can see in the church is a family that's been faithful to God and to one another for years. The idea of being unfaithful to one another and to God would not even enter their minds at this point. And the reason why is we're so close to home. Why would anybody blow it now? We're close to home. You have listened well. And I shall stop. But every Christian needs to think about the joys and responsibilities of growing older. Because one day, if this old world continues, you are going to be a lot older. If you are a Christian, whatever your age chronologically... Resolve that with whatever life you have left, whatever vision, whatever resources, whatever mind, whatever hearing you have, whatever you have by way of gifts, those gifts are all going to be used in service to God to honor Him and to help get souls home. If you're not a Christian through faith and repentance and baptism, come to Jesus. You know, the interesting thing about coming to Jesus is we anticipate a time when there will be no growing old. Here we say, though the outward man decays, the inward man is being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. But there in glory we will say the spiritual body never grows old or sick or no sin. And like the inner, it is is it's restored and renewed every moment because we're in the presence of God. Thanks for listening. Let's stand and sing.